Thanks for choosing to spend time in the studio with Michael Card. What you're about to hear in this podcast was recorded several years ago in Franklin, Tennessee. Though some of the details about guests and ministries may have changed since this was first broadcast, the messages discussed in these conversations still ring true. This session is made possible by our friends with the Christian Standard Bible. Learn more about the CSB translation online when you visit csbible.com. Listen now to this program from the archives. This is In the Studio with Michael Carr coming to you from Franklin, Tennessee. I'm Wayne Shepard. Michael, great to be back with you again this week. Thanks, Wayne. Thanks for thanks for coming all the way from Chicago. You and Joe, I, I know I say I know you're, yeah, you don't Joe's like this. Joe's our producer, and we come down here together. You always make such a big deal. It we is love a big to deal. This place. The fact that you get on a plane, and then you come all the way from Chicago down here to do the show is not taken for granted. Michael, if you lived in Chicago and had the chance to come to Franklin, you would understand. Well, now that's making more sense to me. <laughs> right. Well, regardless, it's, it's, it is good to be here. Well, thank in, you. In and Franklin, thanks for coming. Tennessee. And uh, we have some special things planned for today. Denny Denson is going to join us on this mm-hmm. program today. He's your pastor. Mm-hmm. And one of your concert partners is yes. going to join us here in the studio in just a few moments. Yes, a, a wonderful friend. And we we spent a long time together on the road, uh, and and really did uh, get to just beyond superficial friendship. Got to be really a brother and sister in the faith. I hope in a in a, in a deep way. We'll Genoa meet, Sykes is with us. We'll meet that guest Genoa here in just a few moments. And also, we're going to open to John twenty one today and talk about the Word and and apply some lessons to our own lives. Um, Michael, how how is the concert ministry coming these days? Well, um, I think God's God's blessing us. Um, you know, there are things that are, are are wonderful about being on the road, connecting with people, seeing seeing the Lord do His thing is a is a, a wonderful thing. But it's it's hard to be away from home. And uh, our guest on the first part of the program, who's who's a wonderful friend and a wonderful sister in the Lord, I think she'll be able to uh, identify with that because we were on the road together for a number of years. All right. Well, Ms. Shanoa Sykes is let, here with us. Let's before we hear her voice, let's hear the instrument that she has brought to the studio here today. Shanoa Sykes, welcome wow. in the studio. I've never heard that. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Uh, just a Suzuki piece. No. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, it got Irish there at the end. That was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, if people listen carefully to this radio program, you hear Shanoa's name all the time, mm-hmm. but we rarely get to talk with her. If you'd like to see Shanoa, uh, she's on the, the last DVD we did, the live concert That's she right. played yeah. and yeah. sang Scribbling as well. Sand. Uh-huh. That's right. Shanoa's all over that. So uh, so now you're even more famous, Shanoa. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. you. You came all the way from Ohio to be here, and so thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Franklin's not a bad place to come, is it? Oh, no. We're no. together on that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How did you meet Michael Card? Actually, my very first time meeting him, I didn't meet him in person. I was in college in my dorm room, and I was a member of a tape club, CD club, and um, I happened to get a cassette of Michael Card. I believe it was his The Word. And did you did you order it or did it just get sent to you as a... <laughs> I did not order ah, it. Ah, there we go. I All did right. not order it and it came in the mail. By mistake. By mistake. Ah. And it was his The Word um, cassette and I read a little bit of what he talked about as far as the prophets and I said, wow, this this man is deep. You know, of course when I first got it, I was like, who in the world is Michael I ordered, Card? I ordered Carmen. What's going on? <laughs> and so, I, like I said I read a little bit of the insert and and I was just like wow this man is deep and then the next time um, I have a friend Darwin Hobbs who was working with Michael Card at the time and I was asked by him to um, be part of the gospel you know kind of backup 
singing setup with Mm -hmm. him and he asked me have you ever heard of Michael Card I said well yes Mm -hmm. you know and it was just a pleasure to finally meet him in Mm -hmm. person Mm -hmm. you know and (laughs) to be a part of his ministry even more and I tell you this is such a perfect um, topic you know because if anyone is creative I think Michael Card adds such creativity Mm -hmm. um, to the Christian music industry at large I mean he is so different you know and I think that's good, you know, and I know he hasn't always been appreciated because of his own unique style and what he has to contribute. But that's okay because I really do believe Christ wants us to be creative because he himself was creative. And we'll talk about that more later. That was well said, Shanoa. Thank you. (laughs) Wow. Michael, we've heard how talented and creative Shanoa is with that violin that she plays so well. Um, What do you appreciate most about her? Well, uh, I think what what I appreciate is always what's behind and beneath the gift, because we all know that we aren't our gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, Chanel has been given a wonderful gift uh, in performance, both singing. She's a wonderful singer as well. Uh, but what I appreciate is is the woman that I got to know uh, beyond the gift, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I think uh, a a gift is an overflow of what God has done in the heart. And uh, we were we were together uh, with with our little group on the road through some pretty hard times, um, and and Shanoa was uh, uh, beyond everybody else. And we had a great group. No, we didn't have complainers. We didn't have, we didn't have anybody that was you know that was uh, difficult. But Shanoa was the person who would always come through with the the appropriate scripture, you know, to help us get through. I mean, I, t- I used to introduce her. I'd say, you know, this is a woman that can quote the Bible until you tell her to stop. But she really had <laughs> Has, she has saturated uh, her mind and her heart with God's word, and that I think that's what I appreciate the most about her. And she laughs at all my stupid jokes, which is great. <laughs> I can make Shanoa laugh; always <laughs> it makes me feel better, even now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do want to talk about creativity some more here today, but um, Shanoa, you've got that instrument in hand. Will you uh, play something for us here again? Sure, sure. I'm gonna play. Um, a piece that's in the standard symphonic literature um, by a composer by the name of Sibelius. And the piece is called Finlandia. But within Finlandia, there is a hymn that I don't think people are aware of called Be Still My Soul. So if you ever hear the piece Finlandia, be sure to listen for Be Still My Soul in the midst of that. All right, let's listen. Shanoa Sykes here with us. Be still, my soul, the Lord is on thy side. Bear patiently the cross of grief or pain. Leave to thy God to order and provide. In every change he faithful will remain. Be still, my soul, thy best, thy heavenly friend, through thorny ways leads to a joyful end. Some of the word from Be Still, My Soul from Psalm 46. That does uh, touch something deep inside, doesn't it? Shanoa, thank you for sharing that today. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, Creativity. It's... uh we talk about it a lot on the program here. Your thoughts, though, Shanoa? I mean, you're one of those people whom God leads in this way. I believe creativity is such a direct um, work of God. Mm. I mean, that's the best way I can expl- um, explain that. Um of course, we see it in nature. I mean, you know, the trees, the the moon, the stars, the the flowers, and the different animals. And of course, we as human beings, you know, we're he just created us in such 
a diverse way. You know, scientists the studies will say no two fingerprints are alike, mm-hmm. no two snowflakes are alike. You know, so I do believe God is saying something in that. And to be honest, just on the way here, I was thinking about um, Jesus and how he conducted himself on this earth when it came to miracles and, and healings and how he um, ministered to people. And it was always different, mm-hmm. even if he was healing, you know, eyes, you know, blinded eyes. You know, in one instance, he spat on the floor and used clay on the other instance. um one one was just from a distance. I mean, he could heal without even being there. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And just, you know, one way was in the pool of Bethesda. And, you know, another way was when um, Paul, you know, just told the man to rise up and walk. You know, there are just different ways that, that Christ himself expressed um, his humanity and also his divinity on the earth. And I believe that says that sends a message of how we should appreciate creativity more, mm. you know, in each other and, and how, you know, we express ourselves uniquely. And, Michael, you've taught us that creativity is spawned in community. I mean, how how have the two of you spurred each other on? Well, I think that's what we discovered. Uh-huh. Uh, creativity does come from community. And this this picture of the artist as the struggling, solo, <laughs> tormented artist kind of thing, that's just, I think that's nonsense. <laughs> Uh, I think we discovered in the context of of uh, the choir that we sang with, mm-hmm. but then later, uh, when Shanoa just joined the the group and toured with us, uh, just as a member of the band and and also a singer, uh, God gave us wonderful community. I think community. Uh, well, I know that creativity came out of that community. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. think it's a solo thing. Do you? Um, you talking about as far as just an individual? Well, I mean, certainly we're <clears throat> still individuals, right? right. But, um, I, I mean, even when I write a song alone, I have in mind a need of the community. Somebody I needs see. to hear, you know? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I do yeah. agree with that. Yeah. I do the same thing, um, even in my journey as establishing myself more as an artist. That is something I think about, too. What do I have to offer, mm-hmm. you know, that will minister to the people or what? you know, group of people am I called to minister to? Mm-hmm. Because I believe um, that has a lot to do with it, you know, mm-hmm. as far as what I would express through music and song and so forth. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm so happy that you came and uh, sat down at the microphone here in the well, studio today. You. And thank now, you. Michael, when I speak Shanoa Sykes' name in the weeks and months to come on this program and say Michael is now being accompanied by Shanoa Sykes, I don't know who we're talking mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. Well, good. <laughs> Chanel, we're going to move on and talk with Michael about John chapter 21 here. Would you okay. like to play one more time as we move into that time in the Word here? Okay. Michael, we also want to spend some time in the scriptures here today, as we do each week in the studio with you. Uh, Let's turn to John chapter 21. Now, Peter is the subject here at Mm -hmm. hand, and uh, that's something that uh, that you like to talk about, don't you? Yeah, I'm I'm fascinated uh, by this person, the foundational disciple, and uh, and especially wanting to, to understand how all of these different experiences that he had with Jesus are woven together, not seeing each one in isolation, but really seeing the effect on his heart and his life. We talked in a previous broadcast of how this is a forthcoming book mm-hmm. that you're working on right now. So we're we're getting a bit of a preview here on yeah. the radio, and this is this is fun Bible study to do with it you. Is. Uh, take us to John chapter 21, then we're going to ask you to sing about this uh, text in just a few moments here. Okay. Uh, John 21, we, we refer to as the second miraculous catch of fish. The first one is in Luke 5, and it's interesting how many of these stories you know, normally that you think of stories uh, about Jesus and the disciples are really stories about Jesus and Peter. Hmm. The first miraculous catch of fish in uh, Luke 5 is really a story of Jesus and Peter. Uh, Peter falls before Jesus and seeing this miraculous catch of fish, and he asks for something he really doesn't want. He asks for Jesus to go away. 
because he realizes that he is a sinful person. Peter has been impacted by the preaching of John the Baptist. He realizes that he needs repentance in his life. And when he sees Jesus and sees the power that Jesus has, he says, I'm, you know, I'm undone. He mm. says, just leave me. Get away from me. I'm a sinful man. And that shows that Peter is just the kind of person Jesus wants. Yeah. Well, why don't we read the text, and then we'll ask you to do this song that okay. uh, springs out of this text, and then we'll, we'll spend a little bit of time talking about it here in the program. Okay. I was just talking about Luke 5, the first miraculous catch of fish. Now, here is the second miraculous catch of fish, and we're reading John 21. Later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. This is how it happened. Several of the disciples were there. Simon Peter, he's always listed first. Thomas, nicknamed the twin. Nathaniel from Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. We'll come too, they all said. So they went out in a boat, but they caught nothing all night. At dawn, the disciples saw Jesus standing on the beach, but they couldn't see who it was. He called out, Friends, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, throw your net on the right-hand side of the boat. There's a nice eyewitness detail. And you'll get plenty of fish. So they did. And they couldn't draw in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, for he had stripped for work, jumped into the water, and swam ashore. The others stayed with the boat and pulled the loaded net to the shore, for they were only about 300 feet. When they got there, they saw a charcoal fire was burning and fish were frying over it and there was bread. Bring some of the fish you've just caught, Jesus said. So Simon Peter, see again it's Simon that the story's about. Mm -hmm. So Simon Peter went aboard and dragged the net to the shore. There were 153 large fish and yet the net hadn't even torn. Now come. And have some breakfast, Jesus said. And no one dared ask him if he was really the Lord, because they were sure of it. Then Jesus served them the bread and the fish. This was the third time Jesus had appeared to his disciples since he'd been raised from the dead. We'll talk more about this text in just a moment, but uh, why don't you sing about it for us? I'd love to. This is called Stranger on the Shore. Somehow seemed familiar Asking what the night had brought With taut anticipation then He listened to his order And pulling in the net Found more than they had ever caught The one he loved first recognized The stranger there was Jesus he alone remembered this had happened once before The one who had denied him, who had once walked on the water Jumped in and swam to him to be confronted on the shore You need to be confronted by the stranger on the shore Was waiting on the fire The smell of bread The sizzle of the fish upon the coals The laughter and the joy At once more being all together They didn't realize That he was searching all their souls Then came the painful questions that would pierce the soul of Simon A threefold chance to reaffirm The love he had denied 
the gentle eyes that saw his heart and waited for an answer had seen the look upon his face the moment he had lied you need to be confronted by the stranger on the shore you need to have him search your soul you need to hear the Before the stranger on the shore inside your heart Thank you, Michael. That song leaps right out of this text here in John 21, Stranger on the Shore. And this is in the studio with Michael Card. Bible study is an important part of what we do, and we're looking at the, uh, the second miraculous catch of fish here mm-hmm. in John chapter 21. This is a story that needs to be understood in, in context, not just the immediate context, but in the, in the context of Peter's whole experience with mm-hmm. Jesus. Uh, and again, I think one reason we have such a shallow view of Peter is that we, we take his stories one at a time. But if you realize, um, uh, j- just a detail like Peter jumping in the water, I used to make a big deal out of uh, the fact that he thought he was going to walk on the water, but you know there was a mistake. And, and I por- tried to portray him as sort of this foolish person who did the wrong thing again. But I, I, I now see that in context of uh, the time when he did walk on the water, mm-hmm. when uh, uh, he had received earlier a stern rebuke from Jesus for having so little faith during the storm. And then when a, uh, when a, when a strong wind blew up and he saw Jesus walking on the water, uh, he said, you know, Ask me and I'll come to you. And he did walk on the water. You're talking about here that he actually puts on his clothes, his tunic. He put on his tunic. To get out of the boat. And then he jumped back in the water. And I used to make a lot out of that detail. And I, I, I still think that's a mystery. Uh, but I, I, I'm not so sure that I've, I've been correct, it, certainly not making such a big deal out of it. I, I now see that. In, in continuity with his life, this is a person who had once walked on the water. Mm-hmm. And now, having denied Jesus, having been as completely broken as a person could be, he doesn't call out to Jesus and say, you know, let me walk to you, see, on the water. Mm. He just jumps in and, and gets to Jesus any way he can. Mm. And that, to me, is more of an insight in terms of his, his emotional life mm-hmm. uh, and what he'd gone through. Well, perhaps he didn't want to come to the Lord in his work clothes. In other words, stripped down. He wanted, you know, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know if, if he was naked to the waist. I mean, people argue about this sort of, these sort of details, and, and the truth is we just don't know. Maybe it was just an eyewitness detail. He put yeah. his coat back on, he jumped yeah. in. You mentioned the eyewitness detail. As you read through that text, then I was noting how yeah. many of these these really accurate details there are. Oh yeah, and when you read those in Scripture, you should always be looking for eyewitness detail. And this is obviously John. John has written the story for us. He remembers that it was the starboard side of the boat. He remembers what he said. He mm-hmm. remembers Peter jumping in the water, three hundred feet from shore. There were one hundred and fifty three large fish. Yeah, yeah. And people like to argue about what one hundred and fifty three means. It's just an eyewitness detail, <laughs> and maybe the the whole idea of the tunic is is nothing more than that. But I see this, uh, Dr. Lane always used to tell us to engage with Scripture at the level of the imagination. And this is one of those stories that it's not hard to do that with. Uh, the fact of the, the coal fire being there. And uh, when, they, when they come, they find this fire. The fact that it's coals is an indication that it had, it had been there a long time. It burned down. Hmm. This isn't fresh logs. This is you know a coal Charcoal, fire, right. which indicates Jesus had been waiting for them as if he has nothing better to do. Hmm. Uh, then wait for these these uh, these friends of his. But but think about it. When was the last time Peter was standing next to a coal fire? That's right. He denied the Lord. It was when he denied the Lord. So I mean, think you know, weave all this together in your imagination. I come up. I'm Peter. I'm I'm sopping wet. I've just swum a hundred yards. 
And and the first thing I, I, I encounter is the smell of this coal fire. I'm cold like I was cold, you know, a few days before when I denied him. And and, and it's a powerful scene as he as he's confronted with this person. Now we know that uh, they have already settled the the denial issue because another thing that's special about the disciple uh, Peter is that he is the first disciple that Jesus appeared to after the resurrection. Now, he, the first person he appeared to, obviously, were the women in the tomb, but Peter is the first disciple that Jesus uh, appeared to. Paul mentions it as well, and we have no record of what that uh, encounter was, but you have to believe that they were working through the issue. I mean, what would be the first thing Peter would want to talk about is, forgive me, I I failed you. I failed you again. Mm -hmm. And so here they are. They they first met by a seashore. We looked at that passage earlier. And now here they are again by that same seashore. The Sea of Galilee, which is, they're both Galileans. The Sea of Galilee has been sort of the center of their lives. And now here they are. Uh, Jesus has called them to be a fisher of men. uh, And uh, Jesus has shown them uh, twice now that the sea that they thought was empty was really full. And now he calls, you know, Peter, he reissues the call once again hmm. to become a disciple. And he calls him with this sp- specific question, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Mm. And Jesus reverts back to this formal Simon, son of John business, oh, okay. which is what, which is the first thing he said to him. He doesn't call him Simon, son of John every time he talks to him. In fact, he only does it three times. So it's kind of like using a mother using a middle name. It right? is. <laughs> it's the formal. It's a formal address when he first meets him in John one. He says it uh, in Matthew sixteen when uh, the the formal sort of uh, naming of Peter is explained, he says it, and now at the, their last time here together by the sea, uh, he says it. And uh, and Peter, who has been so headstrong and so passionate and a word person, uh, is confronted uh, with this idea of Jesus. If you're really going to love me, you know, you don't need to talk about it. You don't need to make a show of it. You need to serve me. You need to feed the sheep. That's that's been your special responsibility. Uh, that's been your uh, your call as the foundational disciple, and now um, a- as Jesus gives him three chances to reaffirm the love that he had denied three times, which I also think is significant. It must have torn Peter's heart uh, to hear those three questions. Uh, Jesus tells Peter and us what being a real disciple is all about. Mm-hmm. It's not words. It's not bluster. It's uh, It's servanthood. It's being a servant. If what you're hearing has stirred you to want to explore the scriptures further, look online for more from Michael that can help. Find music and books that explore the great themes in scripture. Come explore all that's available for you at michaelcard.com. If you're new to this podcast, be sure to look through the podcast archive for an extensive collection of classic and current editions to hear, enjoy, and share. And we're always glad to hear from our listeners Post a comment on the Michael Carb Music Facebook page or send your comments, questions, and song requests via email to inthestudio at michaelcard.com. Coming up, more music and conversation waiting for you after this message in the studio with Michael Card. Here's Michael with a word about the Christian Standard Bible. I like new Bible translations because they help me see new details in the text. That's why I was so excited to be a part of the CSB translation team. The careful attention to original languages from godly scholars has made a version of the Bible that I use. Visit csbible.com and explore the variety of options available to get this fresh translation into your hands. And when you order, receive your 40% discount on CSB purchases at Lifeway. Just type card 40 with no spaces for your 40% discount. The Christian Standard Bible, a great translation, a great selection, and a great discount. So many study Bibles and editions designed to make God's Word accessible in your life. I hope that you'll discover for yourself new insights as you read and study with this new Bible translation. Find a copy online when you visit csbible.com. And we're back in the studio for the second half of our program with Michael Card today. And boy, do we have some good things coming up in this half hour. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Denny Denson is here, and uh, we have a special treat uh, from Denny. 
<laughs> He's going to sing for us. We have a new rule that any guests who come to the studio must sing with Has Michael. To sing. Right? Yeah. That's right. Well, actually, you're going to play the piano, right? Uh, sort and of. Denny's going to solo here for us. That's right. right? <laughs> That's uh, right. Pastor Denny, welcome back. Did you know about this new rule when you walked in here today? I had no idea. <laughs> but this, this this won't be this first time that I've made a fool of myself. <laughs> uh, it, it has happened before. <laughs> Michael brings out the best in all of us, doesn't he? Or <laughs> the worst when it comes to singing. And then he had a great line. He said, I'm too old a cat to be scratched by a kitten like you. I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> all right. Well, you guys have to tell us what you're going to do here. Now, this is pretty spontaneous. So, I mean, do you know the background behind this song? Do I know the background? Yeah. Uh, it's it's just an old uh, Negro spiritual. Yeah, this uh, little light of mine. Yeah, that has been sung for many years. I, I huh. My mother used to sing it, and huh. I've heard it always as a kid. You huh. know? All right. Are you are you ready? Are there listeners ready to have this happen? Th- that's here? the key. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Michael, get us started here at the piano. Denny Denson singing this little light of mine. This little light of mine, Lord, I'm gonna let it shine. Oh, this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Everywhere I go, Lord, I'm gonna let it shine. Oh, everywhere I go, I'm gonna let it shine. Everywhere I go, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. All in my home, Lord, I'm gonna let it shine. Yes, all in my home, I'm gonna let it shine. All in my home, Lord, I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Shine, shine, shine. I'm gonna let it shine. Oh, shine, shine, shine. I'm gonna let it shine. Shine, shine, shine. I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Oh, shine, shine, shine. I'm gonna let it shine. Oh, shine, shine, shine. I'm gonna let it shine. Shine, shine, shine. I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. <laughs> all right. It's not ridiculous at all. Oh, yes, it is. Oh, no, Denny, oh, man. man. And Michael, you knew this guy could sing. I, I knew. And he's uh, <laughs> he's an aspiring bass, but you were in a group. What was the group you were in? Uh, well, that, that's been a long time ago, I know, ago, but Mike. what was, were they called? They were called the Five Shades. Yeah. And, and so we uh, we used to do a little singing. <laughs> I, I used to sing bass with them. And so, you know, bass don't do solos. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, uh, and this is before you guys were Christians, right? Long, long, long ago. Okay. And, yes. and what ha- tell the story of what happened. You got back together and they were, weren't were most well, of them? Well, well I, I've, I've heard from most of them recently. And uh, out of five of us, uh, three of preaching now. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Denny, it, it is great to see you again, have you here in the studio with us. You'll have to develop uh, that repertoire with Michael here, and you'll have to sing for us every time you come back now. You know that, right? I think this is my final act. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we do want to talk about uh, discipleship and community here today. We're specifically, let's talk about the ups and downs of discipleship, Michael. Yeah, Denny and I are part of uh, Empty Hands Fellowship. We talk about a lot about on this program. Uh, Dr. Ben was here. Bob Smith was here. Uh, Scott Rowley. I mean, a lot of the Empty Hands guys have been here. And it, it it it's obvious to all of us that the Lord is doing it. It's it's uh, it's His deal. We we prayed and asked, not really knowing completely what we were asking That's for, right. and God has given us community and and uh, and and is doing this work. And we've got a film crew recently from the Netherlands filming what's going on. All kinds of so stuff. So the word happening. is getting out of what ha- what's happening. Oh here. yeah, yes. but we're but I think Denny and I and, and a lot of us are afraid that people are getting the wrong idea that this is. We think this is some kind of a picnic mm-hmm. on a green lawn. That you've and, got this beat. And, well, we're we... just getting to the hard part, don't you think, Denny? Well, well yes. Uh, uh, and speaking of hard part, uh, mm-hmm. just uh, a, a few weeks ago, uh, uh, it dawned on me that I'm not even where I thought I was mm-hmm. from a, a 
community discipleship, racial reconciliation uh, perspective. Uh, for someone, uh, I was with another brother, and he just mentioned a brother's name, and 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 I, you know, uh, the old Denson uh, hmm. flared up, and uh, it just made me aware hmm. that that you the devil will cause us to become complacent as to where we are and yeah. thinking we have arrived. Mm -hmm. But uh, the Holy Spirit just let me know that you, I've got a lot more yeah. work to do. I, you know, I need to uh, really search myself and mm. see where I am. Were you surprised by what oh, happened oh, inside oh, you, Denny? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, uh, we've been, we, the Lord has bonded our hearts together here with the Empty Hands Fellowship for the past five or six years. And, you know, we know each other's wives and children and this kind of thing. And, and, uh, I never would have thought that just the calling of a name of a person, uh, if you had asked me if it would have an effect on me, I would tell you no, but that wasn't the case. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I realized that I've got a lot of work. There's a lot more that God has to do with my heart mm -hmm. to put me where he needs mm -hmm. me to be. Well, what do you do with that now? I mean, you've been open with us here about that, and that just happened so recently to you. What, where do you go from here? Well, I, I, I go back to my knees. Mm -hmm. And ask God to search my heart, uh, and and to bring to me the things that 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 that's in me that would cause Him some shame. Wow! This is what I have to do, mm. and we all need to do yeah. that. Huh? I mean, you're 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 telling us your story, and you're being open about it. But the, if the truth were to be told, we all go through this all but, the time, but we just don't recognize it, or we we kind of you know we excuse it away, don't we? But 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 you know the thing of it is that. Uh, if if I'm if I'm to be what God wants me to be, then I have to do what's tough uh, for most of us, and that's face myself. You know, it's not facing Michael that's tough, but it's facing myself. You know who I am. What's you know what's in me that needs to be uh, uh, rid of uh, yeah. by the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah, I think when you said that, I immediately thought of a name, uh, a list of about a dozen <laughs> names that would have the same effect on me, and. And really realize it's time to start dealing with some of the stuff I've been filing away under. I'll deal with that later. Yeah. But but you know you, you you talk about the ups and downs of uh, of discipleship and community. Uh, well, you know, just here uh, in in Franklin, where where God is really moving and doing some things. An incident happened a few months ago. Uh, uh, there was a cross burning in a predominantly uh, white neighborhood where a black family had moved in. And 10 years ago, that would not have been a response uh, mm -hmm. from the neighborhood, but it was a white family that identified and, uh, you know, uh, uh, told the officers who, who the young men were. And so this lets us know that God is really moving in Franklin. Mm -hmm. There are ups and downs of discipleship, but then when you re really look at the broad picture, here in Franklin, God is doing a tremendous thing. I'll tell you what, what else is, I think is, is different about um, what's happening in the community. We all gathered at, in the front yard uh, yes. for prayer uh, in, in this neighborhood. And I fully expected, you know, we're going to pray for this, uh, the family, this uh, woman who's there with her children and, and ask God to forgive, you know, and, and, and deal with it. But what, what surprised me was, was how many of the brothers were praying so passionately for the kid who did it, right. and praying that the hatred that they had known in their lives wouldn't take root in these kids' lives. That blew me away. Yes, yes. Mm. I never saw that coming. Right. No, neither did I. But, but, yeah. but you know, when, you know when, you're, when you're at a place where God has placed you and, and, have, and you know where you were, where, he, where he's brought you from, yeah. And the kind of things that that had had been has been generate had been generated in your heart, right? Yeah. And God has cleansed you, or start to cleanse you from that. Yeah. You have to pray for those uh, who who still are harboring those kind of things in their heart. Denny kept saying, "I know what hate can do. I know what hate can do." And I was thinking, "Yeah, you know, you've hate you've had hate focused on you, and you know what that feels like." But that's not what he was talking about. No. He was talking about in his own life and. Mm. Uh, that was a powerful. Yes. That was a powerful time for you me. You know, I'm just thinking about listeners who are in different parts of the country, and some of them are just kind of sitting up right now and saying, "Wait a minute, a cross burning still takes place." I mean, here we are in 
in, even in a community like Franklin, where there has been such progress made, that yeah. still happens. And, and we live in such little bubbles, you know. We don't want to admit what's going on. Well, you know, the thing that happens is that uh, we um, th- there are things that are happening all the time, but they really don't get the press uh, because, uh, and God knows I love America, served my time for her, but but we still pull cloaks over certain things in certain situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is why uh, in Franklin, uh, I, I'm so grateful to God to be in Franklin because we're able to say, yes, this happened, and yet step up and, yeah. and rally around each other. Yeah, and we, we realized while we were praying, too, this whole idea of fear. I mean, there, there, it, it doesn't take a cross burning. I mean, there, there are lots of ways you burn crosses in people's front yards, right. ways that are more subtle. And I think, I mean, I, I don't want to speak, you know, having not had that experience myself, but I think there are things that are probably a lot more fearful right. than having, you know, some, mm-hmm. some crazy person do this. But what we realized when we were praying was that the world, I mean, beginning with the Romans and the cross of Jesus, they've used that cross to try to make people afraid. I mean, right. that's what the cross of Jesus the, w- was intended to do, was right. make people afraid, right. right? So they wouldn't mess with Rome, wouldn't mess with the priests. And God has been using that cross to give people courage and to give redemption. It's an amazing turnaround that happens. Well, well, you know, uh, because of the cross, uh, the family that was there, the mother, uh, looked in the eyes of the two young men and told them, say, I love you. I I don't hold anything against you. You know, say, I I, I love you, and I do forgive you. You you know, so that's what the cross does, you know. and and you're convinced that a few years ago it wouldn't have turned out that way. Oh no, no, no. No one, nobody would have known. No, a few it, years it would ago. have been just something that happened. It would have it would have polarized right. even further the community here. Yes. What's making the difference, Jenny? I, I wish I knew. God. <laughs> God is. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I uh, because you you see things and you hear things and you you're part of things. That, that you know that only God is able to pull these yeah. together. Only God. Is yeah, this isn't a program. I like what yeah. you said on the DVD we did. You, you said we tried to legislate. Right. And, and, uh, and, you know, you can't legislate this. You can't, it's not, can't become programmatic. This is prayer. You ask, right. you ask God for it, and he gives it to you, and, right. and watch out when it starts happening because it's, it's going to be beyond anything you ever expected. But, but you, know, I, uh, you know, you mentioned discipleship, and, and I was just thinking, you know, what is true discipleship? Uh, I think true discipleship is, is one really willing to look in himself and see what he has to give to someone else. Hmm. I was going to ask mm-hmm. you to turn That's to our good. listeners, you know, who don't live here yes. in Franklin, Tennessee. Yes. You just did. Yes. I mean, every one of us needs to do yeah. that regardless yeah. 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 of our you know. locale. But 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 you know, but then if you're willing to look in yourself and see what you can give, what do you really have to give? Yeah. You know, that that's the thing. And and see, I'm learning the only thing I have to give is what God has given me. Right, right. You know, that's the only thing I have to give. Yeah. It's what he's given me. This is why with the incident that happened with me it really i know the holy spirit was grieved but it just broke my heart it mm-hmm. it, it brought me to tears really mm-hmm. you know to to think that as as gracious as god has been to me that i i i have not surrendered all to him mm-hmm. but the holy spirit was there who convicted you denny yes. i mean that says a lot doesn't mm-hmm. it michael yeah, i mean that yes. that he recognized it for what it was Absolutely. and that's yeah. that's the battle won right there yes Denny, thank you for being with us here again today. And Michael, uh, I know how much you look up to this guy. He's mm-hmm. he's uh, spurred you in discipleship himself. And Absolutely. He's your pastor here, so Absolutely. it's always a pleasure to have him here. And anytime you want to come sing, Denny. No, I was just going to say, <laughs> this is my last trip, no. if I've got to sing. No, check on the website. We're going to have we're, the, the CD will be on the website <laughs> yeah. really soon. Oh, my goodness. All the proceeds I, are going to go to. I don't want to bring shame to the kingdom of God. <laughs> All it says is make a joyful noise. And that's what that was. (laughs) 
Michael, we receive a lot of encouragement from listeners who email us here in the studio. The address is in the studio at michaelcard.com. Well, here's uh, we're going to ask a question from a listener here in just a moment, but here's a note I recently received in Chicago, and uh, I enjoyed this so much from Sydney that I thought I'd share it with you and our listeners right now. Uh, this uh, man says, I'm enjoying your latest program with Michael Card featuring guest speakers, Bible discussion and interpretation involving creativity, commentary, and community. Boy, this is really encouraging to get yeah. uh, someone who understands what we're doing yeah, here. Yeah, it is exciting, isn't it? Uh, he says the singing and music blends in appropriately, and he just goes on to talk about how much he appreciates the program. He says this in conclusion, we are never too old to learn new insights. Uh, it's appreciated. He says, I have become an octogenarian. Hmm. So he is 80 plus years old, and hmm. here he is enjoying uh, learning new lessons through our studies wow. together. So well, God bless you. Thank you for that letter. Thank you, Sydney. Yeah. Uh, here, though, is a question from a listener. It has to do with the book of Job. Uh, they say, I know Michael Card has written some songs about Job. I just read the book of Job a month ago, and I was mm-hmm. noticing that his three friends were going to be judged by God, but mm-hmm. the other one, the younger one, it doesn't mention him as being judged. Mm-hmm. Uh, why not, basically, is the question this listener has. Well, that's a, that's a hard one. Um, I'm, I'm not so sure I can give a, an answer. Uh, I think he's referring to the fact that at the end of the book, and I, 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 I love the conclusion of the book of Job, uh, because Job, there, there's this contrast between his friends who think they know God and Job who, because of his suffering, has seen God. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and and God commands Job's friends, and he and uh, the the listeners right. He he names the three who initially re- respond to Job. He he asks them to to ask Job to pray to God for them. And God says, you know, I'll I'll hear Job's prayer for you. And they're commanded to make sacrifices specifically because what they said about God wasn't true. And um, I mean, we can look at that. I, I don't know why uh, Elihu, the the young man at the end, isn't uh, isn't condemned because the, the essence of of his uh, criticism is much like uh, Job's three friends. Perhaps the only reason uh, Elihu is left out is is that he waited till the others were finished, and uh, he he gives this sort of beautiful hymnic description at the end. Um, but he was wrong too. Hmm. Job's friends were wrong mm-hmm. because they represented uh, a, a commonly uh, held belief about God that people had in ancient times and that people still have today. And that is that good people prosper and bad people suffer. Hmm. It's just a common equation that is how we all feel the world should work. Right? If I'm sure. if I'm trying to be a good guy and I suffer. No matter how many times I've read Job's, no matter how many commentaries I've written about Job, my first response to God is going to be, "What is wrong? Yeah, why me? Why me? You know, I've been you know working for you, and it's 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 accentuated in Job because in the opening of the book, God Himself says, "There's no one like Job. He is the best. There's you know no nobody's more righteous than Job." And then, lo and behold, look what happens: uh, uh, a tremendous suffering. Which I think the 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 paramount of his suffering is when he loses his children. I can't imagine what that must have been like. What is the essence of what these uh, these these four were telling Job? Well, it it, it it's the world's wisdom. See, I, I believe that Job, the Book of Job represents a transition period in in the wisdom period of Israel. Uh, you see this in the Psalms. You see Psalms that say both things. There are Psalms that say, "If you're good, God will bless you, and if you're bad, God will curse you." Mm-hmm. I mean. That, which I think is more the old school. Uh, but then I think there's a progression. Uh, God is revealing more about himself. And you see this in Job, I think, when you begin to see the fact that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the answer to the question in the book of Job is, don't ask that question. Mm-hmm. Uh, God is God. And when Job makes his wonderful series of laments, which are I think you don't you don't understand the book of Job unless you understand how completely justified he is in his crying to God and yet never uh, abandoning God. He wrestles with God the way Jacob did. And when God appears, he doesn't answer a single one of Job's questions. He responds with these more harder questions, which is exactly what Jesus does. Hmm. When people confront Jesus with questions, he almost always responds with even harder questions. Uh you know, this is this is God. 
And, you know, who are we? And that, that's what happens. Job gets a wonderful dose of perspective. He says, I'm just going to put my hand over my mouth. And I don't think that's he's a sniveling sort of coward anymore. He just has been given a, a wonderful dose of, of uh, perspective. He says, I spoke of things that were too wonderful for me. Mm. And I'm going to put my hand over my mouth. And that is when he becomes wise. And in the whole process, uh, through his suffering, and I, for me, this is the, the, the special part of Job. Job is granted, because of his suffering or through his suffering, Job is granted one of the clearest visions of who Jesus is and what he means. He talks about a longing uh, for someone who would stand between himself and God and lay a hand on them both, longing for a redeemer. He sees a, a glimpse of the resurrection. Uh, it's a glorious vision that he is granted uh, again through his suffering. That for me is the mm-hmm. special part of Job. You know, it, it's interesting, and, and you mentioned this to me earlier today that uh, at the end, Job gets everything back. Yeah, that troubles me. <laughs> and, and it's not the way it always happens with the righteous. It's not. It's not. And, and and for me, frankly, that's one of the problems of the book. Certainly, uh, Job never gets his children back right. that he lost. Right. But uh, his his uh, fortune is restored to him at the end. And, and again, I don't think that is to discount the whole story. Yeah. I mean, there are, there are liberal scholars who say, well, Obviously, someone got a hold of the text, and to you know, to make it conform to the old idea, you know, they mm-hmm. they added this on. I, I I think that's irresponsible to just throw away blocks of scripture that way. And we shouldn't be building theology on the fact that he got it back. No, exactly, exactly. I mean, there the, was a happy ending. Yeah, you know, we have you know forty some odd chapters of uh, this experience, and because of the one chapter in the end, what forty two or three. Um, uh, we we don't throw the rest of it away. Uh, there are several lessons that we learn from the book of Job. One of them is that God is God and we are people. Mm-hmm. And that um, uh, suffering is is not something that we can explain away the way Job's friends tried to explain it away. Uh, uh, suffering is is a deep mystery. God uses it. And, and most incredibly, and I, this is another one of the precious things about the book of Job, uh, God never forsakes us and never leaves us in the midst of it. And we see that so clearly in Jesus. As Dr. Lane would say, God doesn't appear with a magic wand to wave the wand and the pain goes away. More miraculously, God joins us in the suffering. Mm. And and Job isn't left alone. Uh, God is there with him uh, and uh, sympathizing. I, I I I would imagine, and he's never God's eyes never off Job, and his eyes never off us. But why did the young uh, friend escape judgment? We don't know. I I really don't know. I, I I'm sure there's someone who does. But uh, <laughs> and so in the end, uh, Philip, the answer is specifically I, I don't know. Uh, uh, I encourage you uh, to dig and, and keep uh, keep trying to find the answer. But thank you for writing that question. And with that, we've come to the end of this session. We're glad you were with us for this hour. Please feel free to post a comment on the Michael Card Music Facebook page. Write via email in the studio at michaelcard.com. Learn about Michael's books and music at michaelcard.com. You can write a review on Apple Podcasts or share the link with what you've discovered on your favorite social media platform. We're excited about the partnership with our sponsors at the Christian Standard Bible. Visit csbible.com. The Bible is the foundation of all we do in this podcast, and we're happy to point you to the many ways you can read and study with this fresh translation in your hands. Explore all that's available for you and use the 40% discount on CSB purchases at Lifeway. When you order, use the promotion code CARD40, typed with all caps and no spaces, to receive your 40% discount on CSB purchases through Lifeway. Choose a copy that fits your needs online at csbible.com. And join us again next week for another podcast edition. Now for Ron Davis, Susan Sermon, Lance Mansfield, and our producer Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. Thanks for sitting in on this session in the studio with Michael Carr.